Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. This is the final word, Ashes Daily. Day four, it feels like it should be day five, but it is day four at Headingley. Something about day fours at Headingley mm. in the sun on a Sunday. Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins with you. The show brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. And you, Adam, have the task of compressing that entire day into the space of 30 seconds. All right, they need a 2-2-4 to win from when they started. Number 27 this morning. They lose Duckett early to Stark with a bit of swing, hits the front pad. Knocks over Mo and Ali, who was elevated to three. Joe Root falls before lunch as well. They're four down, but straight after lunch, they lose with 98 to win. Stokes drangled down the leg side and Bairstow uh, chopping on. And they have 80 to win. Four wickets in hand. Tense. Ties on. I caught it last night. In walks Chris Wokes. What a great selection he was. 32 not out. Keeps his course down to 59 with Harry Brook coming of age. Innings for him making 75. They get there with Wood there at the end appropriately. So the player of the match, England victorious by three wickets. The Ashes alive. Wow. Um, it was tense. It was so tense through those closing stages. Um, I want to start with Harry Brook. I want to start not at the very, very end, but near the end because yep. I wanted him to get there. I wanted him to, you know, to, to, to have the moment of being there. Not out. I mean, he's had... Such an incredible start. Hundreds in Pakistan, hundreds in New Zealand, made a 50 in each test match so far this series. And yet there was still this kind of unconvinced thing about Harry Brook, like the way that he got out at Lords. There was a lot of question marks about that, about the baseballing kind of shots, um, you know, questions that we asked as well. And then coming up to number three here in the first innings, he looked out of place. They had that shuffle. They put Mo into three, and I reckon that helped him tremendously. And he comes in and he just played an absolute gem of an innings. The pressure was on. Stokes is out cheaply and they need someone else to do that job and he does that job instead. Yeah, and doing it here at Headingley as well um, at the home ground and all the rest of it. Yorkshireman, young guy on the tear. But it, yeah, it felt different today. It felt like at five he's at home. England have been a little bit rigid when it comes to their decision making over the baseball era so far and we've seen that with their reluctance to move to Ben folks when it feels overwhelmingly like the right thing to do to help Bairstow along the way and to be as productive as he was last year but where they did show flexibility today, Mo and Ali evidently went and spoke last night to Brendan McCullum and said I want to make a contribution, I want to bat at three and at the time I didn't like it, my instinct was they didn't need to change the energy mm. of the chase because they started so nicely with Crawley who was still there and Duckett, they, they were actually taking the sting out of it pretty well. Cummins didn't start well in his first spell, for example. But yeah, it, it did delay Brooks' arrival, which in turn gave him the, the extra, I guess, flexibility to play the way that he likes playing. And it, it works so well. I agree with you. I wanted, I wanted him to be there at the end and hit the winning runs over to the Western Terrace with Chris Wokes and finish the job. In the end, it was probably appropriate mm. that it was Mark Wood, though, which included a huge six top edge, didn't it? And uh, I think there was a couple of sixes for him in his brief stay. And um, yeah, they, 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 they have the player of the match there with Wokes at the end. But it's all because of Brook. Yeah, the, the one, so he ended up, Wood was 40 off 24 balls for the match or something like oh, that, or 40 off 14 balls, whatever it was. Something ridiculous um, as, as, he, as he got there towards the end. 
Brooke off the front foot early in the inning, so good, like so so powerful the way he was taking on the quicks. I liked the move of Moen because I thought Moen at seven was like he didn't have much to do there. He didn't have a very clear job there, is, is how it seemed to me. And I thought if if you've got say if if, if wickets have fallen and you've got Moen coming in with eighty needed at seven, he's going to be a bit in two minds about how to approach it and all the rest of it. I thought put him at three. He's coming in against a newer ball. He's we know that he's good through the covers, he's got that offside play, the new ball, newer ball might suit him, he might be able to get it away more quickly and he'll have a very clear mandate which is come out and play like Moen Ali, like yeah. come out and, and flow. So it didn't work, he gets out for a low score but the idea I thought had some merit because there was almost yeah. no downside, it was all upside and had it worked, had he even had he nailed 30 say in quick time, that would have been a huge contribution to the chase and the fact that they had the insurance policy with Wokes at eight meant that they had a bit more yeah a bit more exactly. flexibility through that lower middle order doesn't work for Root today he made 20 odd a couple of nice shots but boy he looked scratchy early on I wasn't surprised to see him strangled down the leg side one of the only short pitch deliveries Australia seemingly bowled in the first couple of hours if you to be critical tactically there are two things you could pick up on and you know colleagues of ours on commentary have done this uh, former players one is that they they didn't go to the short pitch bouncer war with enough runs left. They yep. went to it quite deep into the piece and they didn't give Todd Murphy a chance to get into the game. He bowled one over before lunch. There was an opportunity when Mitch Marsh finished his productive and successful spell. He um, Nick Crawley off for 44. How's this? Crawley's made it to 40 yep. 19 times in test cricket and he's been out in the 47 times, wow. which is a very high percentage. And so it was again today, just when he looked like he was um, going to make a real dent out for 44. But th the chance was there to use Murphy, I thought, just to get some overs yep. un under his belt and make him feel like he was in the game. Instead, they throw the ball to him with, what, 29 runs to win? And it's all a bit, um, all a bit too Well, and, and then he bowls one over there and then, you know, immediately gets, take gets boy taken off. off again because they've, not because he bowled badly, but, but because Cummins has to come yeah. back on. I just wanted to do the slug, Jordan. Okay. Sure, sure. Got to get the boy off. Got to get the boy off. So, look, it, it was it was interesting, right? Because there were a couple of points where it seemed pretty pretty cruisy when you got Root and Brook batting together, the two hometown fellas, yep. and, and things are going on all right. Root's, uh, you know, play, he's, he's had the stride into the cover drive a couple of times, um, and then he gets one sort of ordinary bouncer from Cummins that's nowhere near him, and he gets the one sort of hip-high short ball and gloves that one through down the league side. So 11 times in 17 tests. That, that would have to be the, the least uh, impressive delivery that Pat Cummins has got him out with. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd share that view. And, and the fact that it happened in such close proximity to the lunch break as well, like even though it felt like Stokes walking in after lunch with Best to come was a great spot for England to be with 98 to get. I mean, they would have felt a lot better with Root there. Obviously, it stands to reason a guy who's been able to ice chases in the past and has a, has a great record here at his home ground, but that wasn't to be. And then when Stokes gets out down the leg side as, as well. As well, yeah, Stark following um, that one. Stark yeah, had him, albeit you know, with Stokes coming down the track and trying to force the issue, and that angle with the left arm, I was Stoke with Stark mm. diversion to him. I reckon it's well, shifting across as well, like Root did. Yeah. They're both shifting across, yeah. and so so they they kind of create that leg side line, and then end up having to catch up with it with yeah. the gloves. And he gets Bearstow chopping on for the eleventh time in Test cricket. He's picked him up. It's a bit a low key gem from Stark. He'll he'll finish with seven for the match. Uh, made runs yesterday, yep. five here from the football stand. And so running up the hill, unusual for Stark to be running bowling from, I guess, the, the non-preferred end, but he made that a virtue throughout the course of the test. And any suggestion that he's a luxury item, which was probably where we started at Edgbaston a couple of weeks ago, he didn't play, and the suggestion mm. was that because he does go for runs, that he, he may be surplus to requirements in a series where there's a lot going on. Um, but he's proven his worth yet again. He's got more than 300 test wickets at sure. 27 
for a reason. And I think you can look at, some people will look at some of those dismissals and say, oh, Besto chopped on, you know, Stokes down the leg side. They're not good deliveries. They're not in isolation good no, deliveries. No. but. They're not, they don't happen in isolation. Yeah. They happen in a context where Stark is bowling quick, where he's bowling, he's, he's got the straight ball that's curling in, um, he's using the wobble seam. I'll, I'll come back to it, some earlier stuff in the Hall of Fame with sure. Mitchell Stark a little later. But it's you, you don't get the wickets from those deliveries unless you've got some quality bowling going on the rest of the time as well. And he was fast and fierce today. I think he has to, I was saying before this series, he has to play every test that Australia plays if he's fit. Uh, and they didn't pick him initially, but I think he is He is in the side now and has to. But when he gets best though, that's when things start to get really tense. Yeah. You know, that's when all of the England supporters in the ground are, are getting anxious. They're starting to look around because what, they need 80 to win. They're six down at that point. And you've got Wokes in there with Brooke and they're like, well, you know, if, if one more falls, this is Australia's game. But if this partnership is together, and that's what Wokes offers. You know, we've seen him do it in run chases before. We've seen him have the cool head. Look, he played a couple of bad shots early where he backed away and swished and so on, and then he settled himself down. They did try the short ball stuff at him. He fended it into the gap a bunch of times, but he was able to get through that, that first few deliveries when it was difficult um, and gradually settle more and more at the crease. I think we said every night of the Test match, what a great selection Wokes was and proven again today. He's a mature cricketer. Plays with a smile on his face, not to say he's not a competitor either, but you know, six in the game plus the unbeaten 32. And in a partnership that was going better than a run a minute. So yeah, it was 80 to get with four wickets in hand, but they knocked sort of 35 of that off in the first yeah 30 or so minutes when I remember I was off air, you were on air, and this all happened in a hurry. And it meant that they were able to get it to a small enough tally that when Mark Wood finally walks out there with, let's call it 20 or so to get, yep. he was only ever two blows away, 21 to get, and then so it proved with a, with a couple of sixes or a six and a four. Yeah, it was um, a six and a four. He hit the four through cover when they eventually oh, pitched one Oh, that's right, the cover him. drive, yeah. But, yeah. He, but he hooks the six, uh, and I mean, it was. I thought that was daft cricket from Australia. He comes out, he's done what he did in the first innings. You know, And you know if you've watched Mark Wood over the last few years, like he's, he's turned himself into a lower order hitter. He doesn't make big contributions, but he often makes a 20 or a 30 and he makes most of those off the pull shot and off the top edge that's his strength if he comes out and you throw everyone back as they did and you bang it in halfway down he knows exactly what's coming he's got time to set himself up to camp on the back foot and to thrash it I, I didn't think it was clever the way they went about that the, the thing is I'll, I'll phrase this carefully the analytical community have formed the view that bowling at tailenders heads is more effective than bowling at their sure tops, that's right? great but that's, me, that's not in isolation let me finish, let me finish. so they would probably view the fact they got Wood out from his eighth legal delivery a couple of days ago as still a success. Sure, he hit 24 runs, but they would say that um, if he's only faced eight balls, then then you've won. Where it where it doesn't work is mm. when you clearly know that the batter in question is so well suited to playing the short ball, and his top edges go for six because he swings so bloody hard. Yep. He's ready for it. It's it's baseball stuff again, but. It's in a way that it's in a, it's in a setting where six blokes are back on the rope, sure. including the fly slip. Everybody knows where the ball's going to be bowled. There's no sort of degree of risk to Wood really in that situation. He's able to back away or get across his stumps, whichever way he wants to go. Mm -hmm. and, and both were effective today. And then when he gets yep. the full ball, because he's camping on the back foot, he doesn't have to move a muscle when he slapped it yep. inside out through cover. That was a glorious shot. And, and what it means is he's got one mode of dismissal there, which is caught off the top edge. Yeah. The other yeah. modes don't come into play. That's it. So you can have all the analysis that says, yeah, short balls are more likely to get lower order players out. That's that does Those numbers aren't garnered in, in isolation because 
they might be taken from situations where you're bowling different lengths a lot of the time and then throw in a surprise short ball. Well, we and that's the, same the one thing that gets with, the wicket. We saw the same thing with Travis Head yesterday, didn't we? Yeah. Like they formed the view that Head was vulnerable against the short ball and they didn't let Wokes have a crack at trying to find sure. his outside edge when he was hooping it around corners. But it's like saying, oh, well, um, say this player gets out to an in-swinger a lot, so we're just going to bowl 100% in-swingers. Yeah. If you bowl 100% in-swingers, it doesn't have a surprise factor. That's how you get players out, is when you have a variety. Um, so I, I don't think relying on the analysis there is, is particularly clever. Um, and, and it works in T20, by the way. In T20 cricket, what I described before, if you get someone out on the eighth ball, that has perhaps greater yeah. weighting than a test match when you have the chance to over time build pressure in different ways that aren't right. available when there's only 120 deliveries. But so, so I'd say there, there are three there are three points when England win this test match before they win the test match. One is Mark Wood amputating Australia's tail in the <laughs> first innings. One is Mark Wood and he's batting in the second innings because, yeah, he's out of his eighth ball. He makes 24. They add some more in extras and so on in, yep. in that partnership as well. And the, the deficit is cut in half at that point in time. They're, what, nearly 90 behind, I think, when Mark Wood comes out I think it was a bit more than that. Innings. They were about 130 or 140 behind, and they made 95 runs and 62 yeah. balls. So, that, yeah, about 140 behind. It was... It was it changed the but whole energy of the test match. Yeah, he, ta he takes a huge chunk out of that in that very brief partnership with, with Stokes out there. Um, and then the third part is is when Australia are batting in the sunshine and Smith and Labuschagne yeah. fall to Moen cheaply and Australia lose the chance to try to set a bigger lead. So there are three like key points where England win, where England win before they've won in order to give themselves the chance to win on the last day. Yeah. And it's tough. And like we said last night, it's probably not going to be an easy run chase. It's probably just small enough that they'll get there. But, you know, another 50 runs would have been a, a much more challenging situation. I've got your intro for your Guardian piece tonight. It's the Battle of El Alamein. It's the Battle of Midway. That, that's where you can go. The, the little skirmishes along the way that made the result, not little skirmishes, okay. what am I saying, that made the ultimate result. Um, okay. play out albeit much later. Okay, so which four players are the aircraft carriers <laughs> of the Japanese that are sunk at the Battle of Midway under, uh, what is it, Curtis LeMay? Was he we the can, one? I reckon he's the one on running that. We can workshop this yeah. later. But, you know, you're right. The, 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 the Labashane and Smith... Um, uh, tactical manoeuvres. They didn't get the aircraft carriers at Pearl Harbour because they were out doing uh, tactical manoeuvres and the Japanese intel was no good. So the aircraft carriers weren't in port. That was the whole reason they went there. You've got to think ahead. You've got to plan ahead, Japan. <laughs> and why didn't they bomb the fuel reserves instead of the ships? Take out the fuel reserves. The ships have nothing to run on. They didn't think things through. Jeff did a thesis in this 20 years ago. So. Yeah, well, some, I still remember some of it. Um, uh, what were we talking about? Well, it, well, we are talking about it, the fact that it's 2-1. Turning points, turning points. 2-1. Yeah. I, you know, I just want to kind of delve into that a bit. In the lead-up to the series, I was asked a lot on various interviews about 2005, and I was always very careful to say 2005 was the unicorn. Mm -hmm. That can't happen again. You can't have a sequence of events that are so perfect yep. that made 05 so special. We're having... 2005 all over again. Yeah, sure, of course, the order's different and, and the way it's played out um, isn't completely symmetrical, but the energy, I mean, I was mm. over here for that series and I remember what it was like. I mean, the way that people are thoroughly transfixed by what's going on, every half an hour has so much riding on it. You barely have a passage of play that doesn't seem to have enormous import on the final result. Normally, when you're watching a test match, there are entire sessions that yep. don't matter an awful lot. You know, at two for 90 from 27.2 yep. overs, and it doesn't mean yep. an awful lot. When it happens here, due to the broader context of how close these teams are, I mean, I think we finished with four innings yep. in this match between 220. 24 and 257 or something like 67. Yeah. I mean, it's it's such a, a tightly grouped match. There are a number of standout performances. Three, five wicket bags, a ton from Mitchell Marsh, who, by the way, a, a century and two wickets. I mean, he on an, and a 28 
an important He's got to go to India. He, he's he, got to be on the plane to India. He, if Australia win, he's player of the match. Like if you're giving Brownlow votes, Wood three, Marsh two. And if, right. and if Hawthorne win, it's, you know, if Australia win, it's... Well, Mitchell uh, Stark's probably challenging for a vote there as well. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, th- uh, three votes, Jay Taylor. Dunstall kicked eight goals in that game. <laughs> He should have won the 92 For, round. Forwards never get votes. For, backs never Kicked get 145 votes. 145 goals, for Christ's sake. Matthew Scarlett averaged about 30 possessions from full back. Never got a vote. Never got a vote. Um, never had a crash. Ne- um, <laughs> He's so an yeah. excellent driver. So, so He's I, an excellent I, I, driver. I just want to yeah, back over that and say that I think that the 2000 and vibe... But Can I just say everyone, everyone at this ground is drunk or acting like they're drunk. There are every, all the security guards, everyone well, in suits on the balconies. Well, given you brought it up, I love the fact that the security staff are getting a rousing... I just heard it before and caught a bit of it. Um, so the, so the, the ground, ground staff some are playing are, on the pitch and, and, and the stewards yep. um, received just like a big thank you and good on them as well. There was so much made of... I wonder if we can get a hit. Well, don't rule it out. After it, this. It looks like whoever is batting has got the full sort of... Yorkshire kid on. Anyway, Maybe you can do the Jack Leach impersonation. Yeah, that's right. I can put the Sorry, the Chris on. Rogers impersonation. Sorry, yeah, the Todd Murphy impersonation. I was impersonating Chris Rogers. Yeah. One of the great lies of our time. That is, that is yeah, the, the worst attempt at covering up something that was completely pointless to cover yeah, up. Yeah, no, but I mean, I reckon they've done a great job here. I bang on about why Headingley's a great Ashes venue all the time, and so it is for Old Trafford, and we'll have that conversation in nine days' time when we get there. But this has just been superb. There was so much made of the potential trouble over in the Western Terrace because of what was going on. And sure, they were going for it throughout the Test match, but it, it, it never felt out of hand. It all no. felt like it was a little bit pantomime. It felt like it had the right kind of energy around it. There'll be some exceptions to that rule, but um, this ground delivers. This pitch was brilliant. Yeah, um, this, the, the, the Yorkshire crowd love Test cricket. It's a, it's a fantastic county um, for, for cricket. They're cricket lovers here. They, they embrace and adore the game. And um, it's a nice antidote to Lords last week where, you know, that there was probably a little bit of disinterest when we were watching people come back from lunch two hours after, you know, two hours after their marquees and shut their doors and so on. This felt like proper cricket people enjoying an outstanding Test match. Let's go to the final word, Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame, where we pick our moments of the day, the things that we enjoyed, the things that we didn't, are brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. Uh, do you know which one's the biggest shopping centre in the southern in, in, in Europe? Uh, I almost said the, the southern hemisphere because where we're from, everything's the biggest something in the southern hemisphere. Yeah, the, the, uh, which the is biggest a shopping centre in the cosmos, including yeah. the two black holes. Um, I think it's the one at Shepherd's Bush. Centre Point Tower, third tallest building in the southern hemisphere. Yeah, you've Weak got it. flex. You've got it. No, the... the um, the one in Stratford opened in 2012 around the Olympics, and I'm pretty okay. sure that uh, when I was living around the corner from there, pretty sure the one at Shepherd's Bush just got it covered. That street at Shepherd's Bush, by the way, that we walked down um, a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. to get lunch and to um, hit some bombs when getting in the nets at sixes, that is glorious. And I can't wait to get back there with you soon um, to get kitted out. There are so many places you can buy your clothes. Someone came up to me last night, um, enthused that I've been talking about Mossbros on the yep. podcast. That was quite nice. Jonathan Mossbros. Jonathan Mossbros and Charles Tirrett yep. and all the rest of it. Um, and of course, if you can get your competitive juices flowing, you can play shuffleboard like Jeff did the other night. You can hit your dingers. You can putt your golf balls at the putt shack. They putt got, shack baby. You've got putt everything. Shack baby. You got, got rock climbing. You can go go rock climbing at, at, at the mall. Who knew? This is it. So Things go- I've learned. Google uh, Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. They're wonderful supporters of the final word. Get behind them. Tell them we sent you. Hall of Fame. I'm going to go with that sequence of play. So first of all, when Moen Ale comes out, terrific, terrific moment. Crowd loves it. 
I love it. They're being that's that's the sort of the good side of the you know there have been some some there are some some slightly irritating things about the Stokes McCullum uh, axis the the stubbornness the things where they they won't admit when things haven't worked, but I like the ingenuity. I like the spontaneity and the and and that's an example where they're like, well, let's do this. Let's pop Mo in at three. He comes out, and the way Mitchell Stark sets him up bowls the best bouncer of the game, mm. one that comes up at the sternum. Mo has to get back out of the way. It just whizzes past him it makes him uncomfortable you notice him miss time the next ball he's coming onto the front foot and he's not quite all the way forward and he sort of clunks at the bat twist in his hand and then the next one's swinging in on leg stump and it's the three-quarter seam ball so it's the one that that sort of angles across him and then cuts back and it goes through the gate and smashes the stump out of the ground it's just an amazing piece I of ball i think i've got a, a hall of fame moment just over my right shoulder I've, uh, chris wokes and harry brooke are, are sitting on the ground behind us having a beer um, which is pretty cool. They're, they're 59 runs down. They'll, they'll be able to, to share those memories for the rest of their lives, knowing they've contributed to an Ashes victory here on a, on a great ground, yep. on a Sunday afternoon again, a lovely day, just like, and even the fact that it was cut away for four to the Western Terrace like Stokes four years ago, there, there, were, there were moments that, yep. that, that, that rang true about the comparison between those tests on all four days. And, and in terms of the records, like the way England play here, and, and Anthony Hall of Fame is there's no Ashes test here in four years' time. There yeah. should always be an Ashes Absolutely. test at there should never be an Ashes. And look, I understand people get um, quite sensitive about ground politics. Headingly, Ashes, great venue. Always. Yeah. Rotate other grounds. I don't care where they rotate, but here they have to play. Um, now, uh, I've got some stat stuff, Hall of Famey stuff you like. Uh, Starks 14th Fifer, fourth in the fourth innings. Fourth in the fourth innings. I can tell you, Adam, that there are 10 players in history with more fourth innings Fifers than Mitchell Starks. Oh, so right. that's good company. Um, it was the fifth time that England have chased 250 plus under Stokes in 17 test matches, that is. Successful chases. Mm -hmm. Most ever for a captain, under a captain. Okay. Successful chases, 250-plus. Um, I mentioned before Mitch Marsh made a century and took a wicket in both innings. That hasn't happened for Australia since 1926, the Ashes over here. Who was it? I didn't check it, oh. and I will later. 1926, Jack Gregory, was he still around then? Uh, I'm going to think about that for a second. He, pl he played in 24. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna th who would have made 100, though, in the same test where they... Well, Gregory made hundreds. Uh, I'm taking that on notice. I might look that up later on. We'll bring that up on story time next week. I might tell the yarn. Um, the Murphy stop on the rope where he uh, was diving oh, over yeah. here in front of Western Terrace mid-air and had the presence of mind to tap it up to Usman Khawaja, yep. um, who's also behind us playing with his kids, by the way. Having already, um, He was hurdling the rope. He was like, you know, freeze-framed like a gazelle and, and he slapped it back while he was outside the field of play but in the air. Uh, and the last thing was that last night the England team said they wanted this to be in one day international chase. They won the game today mm -hmm. on the final ball of the 50th over. Oh. <laughs> Chef's Don't kiss. you love it? Chef's Don't kiss. you love this well, stuff? And that's how England's women went about it in Canberra 18 months ago when, when they were set 250 odd in about 55 overs. They went, okay, it's just an ODI chase it's with ODI no chase. fielding restrictions, just yep. go out. And they very nearly got it. They were 12 runs short when they shut up shop for the draw, nine wickets down. So, yeah, I mean, it, it can work. It can work. And on a day like this, it felt a bit like a one-day. Uh, last thing I want to mention before we sign off and say goodbye, we're doing a live show and we've just agreed the terms on this. More information probably tomorrow. I think we're going to do the weekly program tomorrow. So we'll front load that with information. But heads up to Final Word listeners, live show 
Uh, bug red, I'll tell you now. Stephen Finn's the guest. Okay. Stephen Finn's going to be with us. Uh, we did a live show with Finney in Adelaide a couple of years ago that was so much fun. We decided to do it in London as well. The venue's right in the middle of town. Um, tickets will be on sale tomorrow. Uh, there'll be a discounted ticket price for our patrons because we adore you. And if you wish to sign up to our patron and have a lot of fun hanging out with other like-minded people, patron.com forward slash the final word. Some of them were making their own 30-second summaries of the women's yep. game last night. I saw Anna Collins doing her, um, her bit, uh, doing a... Uh, I guess it was a, uh, an, uh, an unofficial final word daily. We did have a daily last night, hosted by two women, Alex Hartley uh, and Melissa Story, and I thought that was brilliant as well. Good to have them in the host rotation with us. Yep, so we're, we're broadening out our, our host family bit by bit. As the years go by, more and more people have been involved. Um, we'd like to ha have you involved in whatever way you want to get involved as well. This has been the final word, Ashes Daily, day four at Leeds. The first test in this series that hasn't gone the full journey, uh, but we'll be making more podcasts on day five because that's what we do. Can't stop, won't stop. We'll see you soon. This is the best. I ain't George Benson. I ain't protected, brother. I ain't fenced. And if my future questions, my current senses, that'll be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran out to empty. Wrote this so you know what I meant. I had to go.